Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. This is your money with me, Michelle Martin. Joining me now as we break down all the market action. Good morning, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. Let's start the morning once again in the Middle East, where the war between Israel and Hamas is entering its fourth day. The death toll has risen to nearly 1,600 people. Israel has sealed off the Gaza Strip. Any action is complicated by the fact that Hamas is holding at least 150 hostages and is vowing to execute them if Israeli retaliation strikes Gaza civilians, quote-unquote, without prior warning. Our thoughts are with everyone who is affected by the fighting and we hope for a quick end to the conflict. Now, the financial markets initially sold off overnight amid uncertainty about the war and whether or not it might expand to include other countries, but stocks rallied later in the session to close high. What accounts for the change in sentiment, Ryan? Yeah, we've got a couple of things in the mix, and this includes how we've got some Fed speak, and this painting a dovish picture for investors. So let's dive into some of these comments we're getting. So you've got two Fed speakers in focus, and this includes how you've got the Dallas Fed Vice President, Laurie Logan, saying no, things are okay enough for them to start taking their foot off the pedal to some extent. So the recent surge in long-term US bond rates may mean less need for the central bank to tighten again. And you also have the Fed Vice Chair, Philip Jefferson, saying pretty much the same tune. The officials are in a position to proceed carefully following the recent rise in Treasury yields. So the spike in yields in recent weeks perhaps maybe doing the job for the Fed so they don't have to hike rates or keep rates as high as previously expected. So that's painting a more dovish picture and providing some tailwinds for stocks. And the other part of the equation is what's playing out in the Middle East. You now have a bit more, I suppose, composure coming back into the markets. Uh, Investors shaking off those concerns that for now, It is limited to what is happening. There is no clear indication yet that it could escalate. And there was a point of view in the Business Times I picked up on the front page from Mizuho Bank's Vishnu Varatan saying Mm. that perhaps market watchers are already, unfortunately, desensitized to these type of um, conflicts and incidents, especially after the Ukraine war dragging on for more than a year. They are factoring in, well, um, that you know, these things happen anyways. And perhaps they need a clearer indication or signal before they take a more uh, drastic reaction to things. Interesting. Back to those Fed signals. The S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average both closed up more than half a percent overnight. NASDAQ not far behind. Investors really embracing the view that the higher bond market yields reduce the likelihood of further interest rate hikes by the Fed. Now, while I understand the broad strokes of this argument, wouldn't higher bond deals normally lead investors to shift out of equities? Yeah, that would be a typical argument uh, where you have higher yields, typically not great for growth names and typically you see a bit of a repositioning for investors to look at 
opportunities of value, perhaps elsewhere. But I think you've got a couple of things supporting the argument that maybe equities still have some legs to go. And I think especially if you look at some sectors to play in, and this includes the energy sector, they've got some legs to go if you look at the argument that oil prices continue to climb higher and supply continues to be constrained. So on those fronts, this could support the argument that share prices for many of these oil companies could have more room for upside. And already we did see some momentum coming through with the latest incidents. For example, uh, the likes of Marathon Oil up nearly 8 plus percent and perhaps more to come, especially with um, OPEC um, painting that picture that no, there is going to be the support for prices to continue to go up. And looking at the earnings season coming on, that's also another potential driver for share prices to go further. And already we have seen some analysts painting a brighter quarter than before that you know, companies will stay resilient and painting a picture that maybe it will be a soft landing after all that the US economy will be going through an easier time than what they were bracing for. Mm. So a lot of factors painting potential upside for equities based on um, some of the stuff we've been tracking. And also one more point is how, to some extent, the selling pressure on some of these things have been um, oversold. So on some technical levels, you've got people coming back in to pick up bargains. If we take a step back, while markets were generally higher overnight, several asset classes continue to take a hit, particularly companies that count fuel as amongst their biggest expenses, namely airlines and cruise ships. What are some of these worst hit companies? Yeah, just taking a bit of an overview first, if you look at the aviation industry, that seems to be most obvious because they spend quite a bit of money on fuel. And if you look at the US Global Jets ETF, uh, this is pretty much in focus as we look at how that's um, playing out in terms of sentiment mm-hmm. and it is down mm. 2.6%. The transportation side of things also in focus, Dow Jones transportation average down 0.5%. And no surprises, the decliners led by all six of the airline components. So going into the components, you've got the likes of Delta Airlines taking a 6.1% hit and is now hitting towards a five-month low. And in the mix as well, American Airlines slumping to a one-year low, down 5.6%. So a very similar picture towards um, the other airline components. You've got United Airlines going towards a nine-month low. Mm. And you know, you're all getting that sense that you know, it's pretty much the same tune. Yeah, so United Airlines fell nearly 5% overnight. Carnival, uh, the cruise liners, dropped more than 4%. Some airline counters fell to levels not seen in a decade amid concerns not just about higher oil prices, but also that the conflict that we're seeing in the Middle East could reduce demand for travel. What do you make of this argument? Do you think the Middle East conflict is truly bad for aviation and travel? Or does this present an opportunity for investors looking to pick up those airline counters? Yeah, I'm looking at a mix of reasons right now. So on the against camp, you've got, for example, flight routes being impacted. They may have to fly bigger or longer routes. And of course, they can't fly to some places in the Middle East as well. So that impacts the, um, 
I guess, revenue to some extent. And also, of course, if you talk about fuel prices, that's going to eat into margins. And another factor I'm thinking of is how uh, there's been this big, um, I guess, rebound in travel as people started to go into revenge travel. They had savings to spend. But that has to fade at some point, And that could be coming you know, towards the end of the year when people start to prioritize other things and sort of feel the pinch of the cost of living in other areas and cut back on traveling. So on those factors, Mm -hmm. there is the argument that maybe it's going to be more headwinds down the road. And I think going into the earnings season, we will hear from airlines in the coming week or so. That picture will be clearer. While we're still gauging the broader impact, waiting for that picture to clear up, there is no question that the war has halted demand for travel to Israel. NVIDIA, for example, was supposed to hold an AI summit in Tel Aviv next week, but it has unsurprisingly cancelled this because of safety concerns. If we take a look at other asset classes, there are also signs that investors are switching to safe haven assets like gold and the US dollar. The price of gold is up about 2% since Friday. It is currently trading at around 1,876 US dollars per ounce. And the US dollar, which tracks the greenback against a basket of other currencies, it was Trading higher as well, but it's dropped back a little bit. Investors also always looking for that silver lining. And Bank of America thinks it has found it. BOA has published something it calls the Future Security Primer. It's picked a number of stocks that it thinks can thrive in a dangerous world. You want examples, I hear you. All right, BOA likes Motorola solutions. They produce command center software as well as radio systems that are used for public safety. Motorola solutions shares climbed 3.6% overnight and investors uh, liking it upped it more than 10% since the beginning of the year. So who are some of the other security counters that BOA likes? Yeah, I like the idea that you have a world that's becoming more dangerous mm-hmm. and maybe you need to get into these so-called picks and shovels, right? Who's going to keep you safe? And this also includes the world of cybersecurity. You know, you've got hackers trying to get your PIN codes, passwords, your emails, and so on. So that's especially so in the corporate world where you have more at stake. And this is where a lot of these companies can play a part like uh, what BOA is outlining. Uh, This includes the like of CrowdStrike Holdings. And this is pretty much at the top of the list for BOA uh, where they have tracked that the cybersecurity company's stock has surged nearly 68%. And of of course, um, CrowdStrike is making plans to also go into AI to incorporate some of that technology into its products. Mm -hmm. And pretty much going into that theme of defense is, uh, I think, something to look at. Um, Honeywell International making some components for defense companies as well. And just a side reference, um, talking about defense, we had also um, the likes of Lockheed Martin overnight up 8.9%. So defense companies pretty much in focus. Um, Other names in the hat, you've got Thermal Fisher Scientific, TransUnion and CyberArk Software on the list from BOA. Yeah, it is worth pointing out as well that in addition to BOA's picks, shares of defence contractors are in high demand. So Northrop Grunman rallied more than 11% overnight. Harris Technologies, they gained 10%. All right, it is time to turn to corporate news and we do this up or down style. Ryan, let's start with the uh, big mouse, Walt Disney Company. (laughs) 
Alright, Big Mars could be due for some big changes because someone is spending big to buy more shares to raise their stake in order to get more seats at the boardroom table. Ooh. So this is the activist investor Nelson Peltz. So he is stepping up the pressure, looking to renew his efforts to get a bigger say in how Disney is being run. And he, of course, runs the hedge fund, Tryon Fund Management, one of the company's biggest shareholders already. And if you get more bought seats, you can get a couple of scenarios, you know, more streamlined decision-making changes to mm. become more efficient. You know, a lot of things could turn out well or not. So if you are you know, on the... I guess, side of the fence where you feel from uh, Nelson Peltz that he could do a good job, then maybe this could uh, be good for the share price. And it does look like investors are liking the news because share prices of Walt Disney are up 2.1%. Well, um, if you look at a 52-week horizon, Disney shares trading near lows. So I don't know if the big mouse is smiling at the expectation of all these changes from activist investor Nelson Peltz, who, as you rightly point out, has increased his stake in Disney to about 30 million shares. Uh, Peltz is expected to push for seats on Disney's board. This less than a year after he dropped similar plans. So he seems determined on the scores. It is down for Disney uh, in my books, but I'll keep an eye on this story. The nomination window, by the way, for seats on Disney's board opens up in December and elections are going to take place at Disney's AGM next year. Let's look at Tesla, up or down? All right, Tesla is down because of China. Mm. They are not selling as much as they are hoping in China, so EV sales are down about 11% for the month of September. So it does look like a couple of things are weighing on Tesla in China at least. You've got competition, you've got also to some extent um, prices. Perhaps people don't like the prices of Tesla in China right. too much. So that comes as well as it goes into a few headwinds like production so mm. it can't produce and sell as many cars as it hopes mm. so all these factors just um, adding pressure on Tesla Tesla's business in China really not looking so great Tesla shares are down 5% over the past month by the way HSBC Ryan alright HSBC is going to be an up for me and mm. they are making more inroads into getting more revenue in China because they are snapping up Citibank's $3.6 billion worth of China retail assets to expand into the space of retail wealth management. Look at that deal. $3.6 billion US dollars for that purchase of Citigroup's retail wealth management portfolio there. So HSBC really expanding its presence in China. I'd say this is an up for HSBC. What about ExxonMobil? Yeah, this is an interesting one for me because I am looking at down for ExxonMobil mm -hmm. and it involves the shale oil and gas business in terms of optics is down because the head of that business mm. is involved in merger talks with, we talked about this earlier on, Pioneer Natural Resources. Yeah. He has been arrested mm -mm. at a Texas hotel on sexual assault accusations or charges. So not a great look for... The business and of course what might play out. Yeah, never good uh, when this comes at 
this time. It's a particularly bad time for the oil giants. So I'll give ExxonMobil a down this morning. How is Best Buy looking in your books? Yeah, Best Buy is interesting as well because today is 10.10 and also happens to be Prime Day for Amazon. Best Buy is stepping up with its own discounts. So I would say it's an up for me because it's trying to take on best, um, Amazon. Where can I get deals on 1010? It's everywhere <laughs> you look these days. On Shopee, what have you, TikTok, Shop, no, 1010, 1011. If you miss it, you've got 1212. And then I'm sure you've got 1313 if they can invent it as well. <laughs> All right, I'll look around for the sales. So back to Best Buy, the US electronics retailer. It's become the latest US retail company to enter the healthcare space. It is about to start selling this prescription-based medical device, something to help people monitor their glucose levels. I think that's going to be really popular these days with all sorts of diets measuring, you know, where your glucose is going, right? Best Buy shares rose 2% overnight on the news. Next up, let's look at one of China's largest copper trading houses, Maike Metals. Yeah, yet another interesting story. In fact, it could be so interesting, it could turn it into a Netflix series. The case of missing men in China. Mm. He has gone missing. <laughs> mm. The head of, no, one of the biggest copper trading Houses mm-hmm. can't be found. People have lost contact with the founder. So the ongoing theory is he has been detained by police for questioning. And of course, the details are sparse around this. So a lot of speculation. And typically mm-hmm. when this happens, it can be either for political reasons or um, the corruption graph that's been, corruption probe that's been going on for quite some time. So no confirmation on why he is missing or even where he is right now. So going by the reports, not even his family can be reached. So it is a black hole of information right now. Wow. So we're looking at a missing founder in China. He is the founder of Mikey Metals. His name is He Jinbi and he is missing officials. As you heard, think the likely uh, explanation is he's been detained by police. He Jinbi founded and built Mikey Metals into China's biggest importer of refined copper before a liquidity crisis last year. That brought the company to its knees. But the founder's disappearance certainly a down for Mikey Metals. And I'd say another blow to China's copper trading sector. Switching gears now and looking at ST Engineering. Yeah, this is going to be one to keep an eye out for because you've got RHB lowering its mm. target price on ST Engineering. So this is, is in view of some short-term pressures. KPEX is expected to cut its near-term cash flow because it is expected to spend on its new Airframe maintenance facility. So in a short term, it has to spend money to make money long term. So that's the, um, I guess, journey it has to go through. The research team at RHB has downgraded ST Engineering. That's why we're talking about them today. They've lowered their target price to $4.45. Now, on the face of that, that's a down. But RHB's target price is still nearly 17% above ST Engineering's current share level. So I will give it an up. Finally, the Singapore dollar. Yeah, so Singapore dollar has been rather resilient in the past year or so, partly because of MAS setting the policy settings to allow it to strengthen against other currencies. Uh, those days will be tested soon enough yeah. because the dollar 
is getting stronger as well. And of course, um, if you look at what's playing out for the economy in Singapore, we've already seen some signs. Trade has been coming down. Um, the economic numbers that we could get this Friday around third quarter GDP could paint or confirm some of those expectations. So in view of that, we could see the Sing dollar start to weaken on those prospects. So we will also hear from MAS on Friday what they'll be doing on mm. policy settings for uh, monetary policy. So in view, you've got analysts at a few banks, Standard Chartered Bank, OCBC, and more saying that the Singapore dollar is expected to underperform its Asian counterparts in the coming months. So we'll certainly look out for news on Friday. In the meantime, the Singapore dollar is weakening. It is currently trading at around 1.3646 to the US dollar. Earlier this year, it was at 1.32. Let's check in on local markets now. The Straits Times Index started the week on a down note, dropping a quarter percent to 31.66. Semcorp Industries and Singapore Airlines were the worst performers among the blue chips. Both counters dropped more than 2% yesterday. Now, your take on these two stocks likely depends on when you bought them. Semcorp Industries and SIA are two of the best performing blue chips this year. Semcorp, look at that, up a whopping 43% since January. SIA is up a very respectable 15%. But if you bought either of these stocks within the past three months, you're likely looking at a loss, quite possibly a double-digit one. Thank you very much. Ryan Huang there. I'm Michelle Martin. Stay with me and also stay tuned in a couple of minutes. We'll bring you an update uh, from the good people at Singapore International Energy Week, uh, which is, um, we'll tell you more about it in just a second. International Energy Week is all about securing a resilient and sustainable energy future. And we'll hear from an energy professional in the global energy space in a couple of minutes. Stay with me. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.